0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it again and again. If you're not used to it yet, good morning. Now, Mr. Ellis is sitting on the end of the line. He's already corrected me, but I got to tell you, it's always morning when you need to get energy. That's the best time of day, so it's always morning. So good morning to you, and welcome to the Central Leadership Skills of Podcast. As you heard in the introduction, this gentleman knows what he's talking about and what he's doing. So let's just jump right into it with our standard first question. And that question is, Mr. Ellis, well, first thing, welcome. Welcome, Thomas Ellis. Welcome.
1: Glenn, first of all, you you can't call me Mr. Ellis, okay?
0: Okay. That's not allowed.
1: You can only call me Mr. Ellis. I have a standard rule. You can only call me Mr. Ellis if you can write me a check with six zeros in it. If not, most of my friends call
0: me Thomas. I'm going to say Thomas then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, okay, so Thomas, I can put zeros, all zeros in it, but no number in front of it. So that'll be Okay. (laughs) All right. So, Thomas, welcome to the program. Uh, I think we're going to have a real good conversation based upon what I've been reading. So welcome and thank you for taking the time.
1: Listen, Glenn, thank you for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: Mm, Fantastic. So let me give you my first question. I'd like for you to share with the audience something they don't know about you. That's maybe not business related, but what is something they should know about you that they don't know about you?
1: I am a golf junkie. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. yeah i love to play golf i'll probably play golf about two or three times a week so
0: okay.
1: anytime i i can play golf that's where i'll be
0: you know one of my favorite uh golfers tom weisskopf just uh made yes transition. He, yeah, so. yes he did yeah just i actually the had day. the pleasure of meeting him one day and ever since then i followed him when he's got on the senior tour everything so mm-hmm. just just a real good down-to-earth guy and it's kind of sad to see him go Uh, But yeah, good. I love golf. Um, I'm like you. So I think we can make a lot of business connections on the golf course. But for me, those business connections are inside of myself. I make better connections with myself when I'm walking the course and just hitting the ball. There you go. Not very good at it. Not very good at it. That's cool. All right. Fantastic. So you write about and you talk about this sales process. And when I was going through it, the first question I have is, how can you say it's easy and simple sales process easy and a simple sales process can you give us a high level view of why you say that okay
1: because glenn at the end of the day okay you know i've been through all these sales training programs throughout my life and you know if you listen to certain pundits people say selling is hard and difficult and and throughout my career of being in sales for over 35 years to me, if you follow an easy and simple process that you can repeat over and over again, then it becomes easy and simple. For example, when I'm talking to clients, the first thing I tell them is that this is my definition of sales. Sales is nothing more than a bunch of great conversations with the same person over a period of time. Hmm. That's easy and simple, right?
0: Right, right, right.
1: Because it's all about having conversations, right? Throughout those conversations, you're going to ask questions about their issues, their problems, um, seeing if you can help them. So the other word I use is help. I don't use sales. I say, how can we help you? So many clients that I've worked with that are non-sales types, as soon as I mentioned the word help, I said let's substitute help instead of the word sales. They get more comfortable.
0: Okay, I can see that because as you're saying it for me, it kind of made me a little bit more comfortable to help. What I want to dive into is what you said—the conversation part of it. The conversation part of what you're saying is kind of a like help connected. <laughs> yes. So my conversation so, with this is helping.
1: Yes. So, Glenn, in order for us to sell somebody to help them buy your product and services, you have to have a connection, right? So when two people connect, that takes the conversation to a whole nother level. And the mission of the seller is to connect with the buyer.
0: Hmm. The mission of the seller is to connect with the buyer. Okay, so this is where I would personally and have struggled with this a little bit. Connecting with the buyer, How do, it's kind of hard to do that because you don't, most of the time you're starting out from a place of, well, in the past, supposedly, you start out from a place of not knowing the buyer. Okay, you're just hoping that hoping that they have an interest in your product.
1: That is a great point. So, before you have that conversation with that buyer, in today's world, we have access to lots of information. I can find out all about you in about 10 minutes through the, the internet. One of my favorite tools that I teach my clients to go look up before the meeting mm-hmm. is to go to LinkedIn, read their profile. In their profile that they wrote, okay, they yeah. tell you everything about them. Right, yeah. and so I like to start all my conversations with a new prospect with their volunteer experiences, and you find that in LinkedIn, and that tells you who this person is at his core.
0: That's one of those writable moments. I don't want to give everybody a chance. We I say, you "No, know, you can uh, tweet tweet this," but that's a writable moment. The volunteer, what they volunteer for. Yes, that's something I hadn't even thought about. Is I know. As an icebreaker, way to let that person know that I read your profile, I know about you, I haven't thought about that, but if they have volunteer stuff on there.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is the best way, because that's telling you who they are. I mean, their job is their job. That doesn't tell you who they are, but their volunteering experience, they could be a basketball hmm. coach, a baseball coach, they could be a golfer, they could be... Um, mentoring young adults. They could be mentoring women. They could be doing or they may be animal lovers, so they are volunteer. So that's That'd where you so find familiar. out who that person really is and what they're passionate about. And the first couple of minutes of that conversation should be about them talking about their passion, right? That allows them to open up and get really comfortable with you.
0: No, that's interesting because when you go through LinkedIn and that's in, it's there, if they wrote it there, it's there. So I hadn't really thought about that. Then I guess if it's not on LinkedIn, it might be on the Facebook profile.
1: Facebook profile, right? But most people that fill out the complete LinkedIn profile will fill out the volunteer, the volunteer and what their interests are. And that's something that they wrote. So you're yeah. speaking to something that that they wrote.
0: Well, let me ask you, because depending on your market and who you're trying to sell to, if you're in the C-suite level, and that's who you're trying to sell to, been kind of my experience, and correct me, because you no know, one person's experience doesn't mean anything, and that's why I wanted you to be here. But in my experience, C-suite people, they just, maybe they have someone else fill out their LinkedIn profile, and that's, they don't, it's just nothing. They don't post to it. They don't do any ads, uh, not ads, but articles. Does this vary based upon their title, maybe? How much information no, is there? No,
1: because if the purpose of LinkedIn, whether you're c C-suite or not, is to engage with your target audience. So the more transparent you are, because keep in mind, people are looking for tr- transparencies these these days, right? So if they may not have written their profile, but they gave input To their profile. So they may have told whoever wrote it, ask them questions like, What do you volunteer? Where do you volunteer? I used to help people write their LinkedIn profiles years ago. And I used to always ask, So, what do you do for fun? Right? What do you do for fun? How are people going to get to know you? Because we want to come across as being approachable. If it's all work, 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 they're gonna say this guy or lady is pretty boring. But if you find out what they volunteer, that opens up for conversation.
0: It certainly does. It certainly does. I'm just thinking of several opportunities that I have probably missed with people. Uh, number one is I don't have what I volunteer for in my profile, but that I could add that in. So someone's looking, they can research and find it. But that's a powerful little step when you're talking about keeping it simple. That's a simple, easy process that you can use. Just look for what to volunteer for. And then I'm wondering, what would be the second... Well, I don't want to... Yes, I do. What would be the second thing? So let's say they don't have a volunteer or they do have it. What would be the second thing you would look for in order to make that connection?
1: So I look for their work history.
0: Ah. Right? You look at their
1: work history. So if if they've been... in sales or leadership for X amount of years, you, you look there because all we're trying to do, Glenn, is to, mm-hmm. in that first couple of minutes, is break bread, find common ground, right? So you can look at their work history, it. right? You can look at where they lived, right? You can look at the school that they went to. In their school, people put what activities they were involved with, right? So, okay. so there's all kind of personal things that we can look for. The, the, the problem mm-hmm. is Glenn, most people don't read people's profiles from the bottom to the from the top to the bottom right? Because if you read their profile, there's something in there that you can speak to.
0: True. True. And let me. Well, now I personally discovered, and as, I mean, like I told you when we were pre pre talking to this, I tend to ask a question and then not get to the rest of the questions. So, especially in this case, to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I'm picking <laughs> on Thomas's knowledge because we want to upgrade ourselves, and we're looking at it from marketing. So, and I kind of lost my question. I wanted to ask you about that, though. But when you're looking from the top to the bottom of the profile and you're trying to you know go and make that connection you can't really up that you know you can't really scale that up a whole lot because it takes a few minutes for you to read that person's profile. Would you agree with that or disagree with that?
1: Yes. So if you first of all people need to get into the habit of doing that. That's the first step. People don't do that. They they don't read the whole thing, they don't digest it, they don't. So because keep in mind When you're meeting somebody for the very first time, it's awkward, right? Right. And so to make it easy, you find that common ground. And you find that if you read their profile, right? There's something in there that speaks to somebody you you can talk to with ease. But just as a notice here, this hat says B-U-D. Yeah. That's my kind of my... Better, unique, the, the desirable. That goes yeah. along with the easy and simple sales process.
0: Well, that's, since you brought it up, let's talk about that because that's something I wanted to ask you about. So better, unique, and desirable. I mean, explain each of those terms to me because I, I think I understand what better is, but maybe I don't because I'm thinking when you say better, better email, better code email. A better so, conversation. But so, if you don't mind.
1: So better is how do we become better at anything that we do? We practice. practice yeah. Right? That's how we become better. We also get people that are exp- that that can help us get better, right? So in some cases we play golf, right? So if I wanted to be better at chipping, I would hire a chipping coach. If I wanted to be better at putting, I would hire a putting coach, right? If I want to get better mentally in the game of golf, which is all mental, we get a psychologist, right? Right. But in the business world, right, we need to find people that can help us get to the next level. We can't do it by ourselves. So that's the, the, the betterment part is being better, being prepared, okay?
0: Right, right, okay
1: be, be prepared and being ready. Okay, being being ready and, and preparation is key to being better. Okay,
0: okay. The okay. you
1: okay. is unique, right? We all are unique. Stop trying to be somebody else and just be you. People will love you for you. So the unique, the unique portion of that is, and when the unique portion is something as simple as, right? Following up, doing what you say you're going to do. How many people you know that have told you, Glenn, I'm going to get back to you, name, right? <laughs> or so
0: raise my hand because I'm guilty of that. Yeah, right?
1: You see, you yeah, see, yeah. but those people that are remembered, are those people that follow I have impeccable follow-up sk- skills. i developed those over the years. People know me that I'm going to be, I'll coin a phrase called pleasantly persistent.
0: Okay, I like
1: that. Okay, not pain in the butt, but pleasantly persistent, right? So the D is desirable, right?
0: You know, that's we where all, I get stuck, yeah.
1: Okay, we all want to work with people that are desirable. Think about that what would describe somebody as desirable number one they show up on time okay they show up on time number two they deliver what they say they were going to deliver okay number three they are a joy and pleasure to work with you enjoy speaking with them number four Every conversation you have with them, they are adding value to your plate. And see, those are the things that I call desirable. And see, going back to the initial portion here, easy and simple. Nothing I've mentioned is complicated, was
0: it? No, it's not complicated. I will be honest with you. It feels time-consuming.
1: Okay, why do you say that?
0: Well, okay, I can, again, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm putting it back in my own realm. So, I had an assistant who's doing this, but she could never quite catch on as to what we're looking at. So, we would look at the LinkedIn summary that that person wrote and look for something there to connect with. She never could quite figure out, okay, no, we're not. No, she never could quite figure out. So, I ended up doing it. But that gets difficult because, uh, post, I'm sorry, pre pandemic, I traveled 40 weeks a year, right? So, that gets really time-consuming for me to sit down and try to do this on a level where it's 20 a day or even or I can admit 10 a day might be usable mm-hmm. but there's no scaling up
1: okay so my so, question to you is mm-hmm. how many meetings do you have per week where you're face to face with a potential client
0: right now i'll be real frank my business comes from refer, uh repeat so, okay, potential great. clients are not quite there. So,
1: okay, so but for most people who are prospecting for new clients,
0: and that's what we need to do,
1: right? Right? So, we don't, you don't, you're not going through hundreds of what we will call LinkedIn profiles to figure stuff out. You're honing in on, I have a meeting with Glenn Daniels on Thursday, I need to prep for that meaning let me go read Glenn's profile get some highlights of how i can get this conversations going and learn more about him in the process right
0: okay right 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 okay. you should so do pretty... that you yeah.
1: should do that for everybody you meet for the very first time everybody okay.
0: well here's my question thomas when you say every, we meet for the very first time does that includes the initial reach out email if we're using LinkedIn, let's connect. They connect, then I need to say something to them before I begin the sales process.
1: So, there, okay, so, so, there's so, first of all, LinkedIn is not a sales tool, it should not be used as being salesy, it's an engagement tool. So, what you're trying to do is engage with your audience, right? Okay. So, right. you send out a personalized LinkedIn invitation, right? Right, hey, right. right? They respond back, yes. Okay, I'll connect. You respond back with thank you. That right? right? Thank you for joining my network. Hey, hey Glenn. When I meet new connections on LinkedIn, the one thing I like to actually do is spend 15 to 20 minutes learning about what you do. Is it possible for us to, to get together next Tuesday or Wednesday and have a Zoom call? I haven't done any research then. I've done nothing. Okay. Now, when you accept that meeting and say yes, then you do the the, right. Then you do the research. And you want to keep it simple because your agenda. Okay. And 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 I always teach clients and tell people every meeting you should have an agenda, right? And here's a simple agenda for the first meeting. Right. I want to learn about you and what you do. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I do. And then the third thing is we're going to talk about next steps. And that's it. Hmm. Very generic out very generic agenda outline. And that comment that, that agenda can take you any place. Okay.
0: Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so when we talk the better, unique, and desirable, that comes from out of your tenets of sales, too? And when you just talk about tenants, is that something different? So
1: the tenet of sales is about basic selling skills, right? Oh. The basic selling skills, right? I am a firm believer, and this has been proven over many, many, many years of, of doing this myself and teaching clients, when you master the basics, you're mm-hmm. going to be fundamentally su- wildly successful. So what do I mean by the fundamentals, OK? So the fundamentals of selling, right, you have to learn how to ask questions in a conversational manner because you're having a conversation. You're not interrogating anybody, right? So you need to be conversational, right? Into, right? You need to understand if this person is a, pros- is a prospect of yours. You have to qualify them. Okay.
0: I just, that just all connected just then. Okay. They're all connected, right? Just those two steps. So, okay. Keep on going. So that's, I'm sure I cut you off, but all of a sudden disconnected for me. So go ahead.
1: Okay. So, so once you qualify them and you... That means that they're interested, right? right? That qualifiers means they, my product and service could be a good fit for them. And they acknowledge that. Okay. So now the next phase of that is figuring out what problems are they having that they want to fix today, not six months from now, but today, because I need to eat tomorrow.
0: Right, 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 right. right, So
1: what problems do they have that they want to fix immediately, that they have to fix immediately, otherwise it does bad things to their business? Okay. What happens, and this is all the basics of selling. Once you've identified some problem areas that they want to fix immediately, then you can talk about how your product or service would, Eliminate or minimize those problems. Okay. Once they say, yes, that, that, yeah, Thomas, that sounds like that would do it. Then you say, this is, this is in the proposal process on, or the, or the solution meeting. This is how much, this, this is how much of investment you're going to have to make with my, with my services to minimize that problem.
0: Okay. Okay. So find them, yep. qualify them, yep. find them. the problem, and yep. solve
1: it. Exactly. See? How, see? Once again, easy Once again, and simple.
0: Yeah. yeah. Once you set the first two steps, it all crystallized for me. Right. And I can see now why you call it the tentative sales because yeah. what we're doing is just, hey, figure out this other stuff. Find them, make sure they can there are customers you want to work with. I read a book a while back, talked about every one of your customers should be that red carpet customer. You want them on the red carpet. If you don't right. want them there, don't even talk with them. Right, exactly. So, but qualify them, red carpet them, and then see what the problem is and then solve the problem. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So does that fall under your secret sauce? When I saw that, I said, oh, what is the secret sauce? Does that fall under the secret sauce? or is it something? So insane?
1: the secret sauce is in the follow-up. Uh-oh. right? The follow-up. Yeah. See, because here's what happens, Glenn. You and I have a great meeting. We do it. Everything looks wonderful. Um, I say to you, Glenn, this sounds really great. Let's get back together or get back to me in a week or two, right? So now what do I do? Right? So most people wait for if if I didn't know anybody, better, I would wait for you to call me. That never happens. People want to buy your services, but they're not going to call you and say, I want to buy your services, okay? Hmm. They've already made the, their mind up, okay? And it's kind of like this on, link, on LinkedIn. And I'll tell you how I use LinkedIn. So people will look at your your, your profile on LinkedIn and you can tell Mm -hmm. that they looked at it, right? Right. But they don't reach out. So I reach out. I say, hey, Glenn, thanks for checking out my profile. Let's connect. And then we have a conversation and we connect and you say, hey, I've been following you for a while here. I, me or my team have some issues regarding sales. I've been reading a post. I think that you yeah. could help me, right? But yeah. they don't come out and tell you that you have to be the pursuer. And then they open up.
0: Yeah. I always thought that that applied to if you're selling the sales programs because they want to see that you know how to sell. But for me, we're not selling a sales program, but you're saying the same kind of thing.
1: What are you selling?
0: We do uh, curated leadership sessions. So, in other words, you know, we will come and help your team be better leaders by bringing in thought leaders from across the world. We do gotcha. workshops based upon mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. those type of things. So, we, I mean, and my clients, quite honestly, are more of the high ticket cl- clients. I mean, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But in the but in that process,
0: right? Yeah, same thing, isn't it?
1: Same thing. It's the yeah. same process because. They may be sitting back saying, man, we would love to have Glenn Daniels coming with his team, right? But they're not going to call you. But as soon as you reach out to them, they'll go, man, Glenn, we've been thinking about doing this, right? So that's why I tell people you have to be pleasantly persistent and you have to follow up because that's the secret sauce. When people tell me no, I don't take Mm -hmm. it as a no i take it as a not now maybe the timing isn't right right Right, but i never take it as a no because as long as i feel that i have something that i can help them get through problems then i'm going to keep pursuing them right it may be a week two three four weeks it may it may be a month the other thing i teach people in the follow-up is And this is powerful. So you and I have a conversation. And then I I read an article that talks about what we were talking about. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I take that, I cut and I, I take the link to the article and I say, Glenn, I saw this article and it reminded me of the conversation that you and I had. And I send it. Nothing else. That's powerful.
0: You know, I just started that strategy. Today,
1: it works. You're gonna find that works. I'll be using that strategy. That's a a strategy I use. That's a strategy that I teach people. Right today, I I was reading this article about leadership, and I sent that article to five leaders that I know. Hey, I saw this piece and thought about you.
0: So. Let me ask you that because, again, I'm cheating, ladies and gentlemen. He's helping me. He's coaching me a little bit here. <laughs> so what we started today was to say, okay, we have articles on our blogs written by different people, Inks and Forbes, and my writing, and you know, different people. We write them, and we set it up. And then I started saying, okay, here's my first connections that are CEOs um, in the healthcare space. Found a great article from Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. The Family Foundation sent those out. But you're saying I should have done that after I made the initial contact, after we've had that first initial sell. So you're sending
1: this out before you've had conversations?
0: In most of the cases, in ninety-eight percent of the cases we haven't had a conversation.
1: Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna ignore that email. Because they, they get a bunch of emails from people that they don't know, and they always that somebody's trying to sell them something. Or so trying
0: to put something spammy on their computer.
1: Exactly. So the way that I use it, and it's very effective, and it, and it, and if you try this, you'll email me in a month ago, a month and say, "My God, Thomas, this is effective." When you and I have a conversation, so you and I have spoken, we have dialogue. You know me, right? So when you see. My email, you're going to open it because you know me, right? Now, I may not have spoken to you in three, four, five, six months, right? But if I see an article and I read something that resonates, I said, man, Glenn would love to see this. I send it and it's not salesy. Say, hey, I saw this and I thought about you. Now, what does that do, Okay. The other strategy I employ is called the top of mind strategy. Yes. Right? Right? I'm sure you, you've heard that. So, when you think about sales coaching and tr- and, tr- and training, I want to be top of mind. So, how do I become top of mind? I have to stay in front of you. Right? I don't have to call you all the time, but I can send you articles. Not articles that I wrote, not, not necessarily, but articles that other people wrote
0: that would benefit them.
1: That would benefit them. Okay, that's being a bud. Okay, that's bud. That's being better, unique, and desirable. How many people you know? Send you articles like that. Nobody. You see that? That's my point.
0: So, send articles. A sales article. Is them Trying to sell themselves.
1: Exactly. Exactly right so my bud my, my my bud strategy is to send you something that you're gonna like to read that I don't write it's it's not sales propaganda it's not salesman it's not me talking about me. it's to somebody else that may share the views that I have oh
0: okay. or
1: they may not. But the point is, there's something in that article that the person receiving it can use. So you're adding value. And you're becoming more than a vendor, okay? Because you want to become a trusted advisor. That's where the real money is. So by you sending articles to your clients that don't pertain to anything that you do, but say, for example... Um, I had a client, um, that I was trying to work with. They were trying to hire some additional staff, and as you know, it's hard finding good staff. So I sorted. Mm. I was I was reading this article that outlined the, the challenges and some suggestions, right? So I took mm. that article and gave it to them and sent it to them. So, say, hey, I noticed that when are talking, you have a problem with it. Maybe this can help. Now, if you receive something like that from me, how would that make you feel?
0: Well, the first thing, because all of a sudden, here's something that's going to help me, and you're not trying to tell me what to do. Exactly. You see? So now you trust you. Exactly. You know you're better. They know you're
1: better. Exactly.
0: Because you're doing something unique,
1: you become much more desirable. Exactly. So that's my whole strategy, okay? And as I go back to, this is something Mm -hmm. easy and simple, right? The only thing that I have to get people to do when they hire me is to have to change their mindset. Because we have certain preconceived notions about certain things, right? This approach I use is totally different than what most people have thought about. But if if I can get you, and it takes a while for my clients to understand it, but once they understand it, they go, oh, my God, Thomas, this, I I had a meeting and I did this and that, and it worked. I'm saying, yes, I've been doing this for a long time. It's different. I'm not coming off as a salesperson. I'm coming off as somebody who is. Genuinely interested in helping their business grow,
0: concerned about them.
1: Concerned about them,
0: you know. I have, I want to ask you about EWC consultants, but I want to ask you first before we get there. You also stated, or uh, I'm curious as to how you're helping your prospects make a decision. I mean, you've laid out a lot of different things. Is there something else we want to add into that? Because so, everything you said, especially the tenant of sales, that yeah, seems to be kind mm-hmm, of
1: yeah, so. The more you educate your clients, because it's all about educating. See, selling is about educating. It's not about selling, okay? The more that you can educate your clients that your solution is best for them and you can demonstrate that to them and they agree that it is, then that's what that's all about.
0: I see, okay. The more you educate them the more they agree that they're being educated, educated, that's how they're making a better decision.
1: Exactly right now, if they mm-hmm. and and if they're in your LinkedIn web, I call it the LinkedIn web, right? Because yeah. once they're connected to you, they every time you post something, they they see it most of it, right? And, guess, and if you and yeah. if you've watched my profile since you yeah. met. Yeah, yeah. I educate. I'm educating. Yeah. I'm not selling anything. I'm educating. Hey, here's a tip on this. Hey, here's a tip on this. Here's a tip on this. So I'm educating, right? And so what happens is that o- over time, people go, I need help in this area. I need to call Thomas because he posts about this stuff, and he does this kind of stuff. Let me see if he can help.
0: You know- right? I th- that's kind of a point that I think a lot of us miss because, for me, originally, it was like I don't want to give away my stuff for free. But then I'm starting to realize people are giving me tips and giving a lot of things for free that they're giving me. But I don't. I just don't execute them. So then I hire them to execute it. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because here's here's why. Because people used to ask me the
1: same thing. Thomas, you're giving me all this stuff. I said, listen. I can give you the playbook, but if you don't know how to, to execute it, the playbook's useless. So what happens is that people go, I don't need any help, right? I'm gonna do this. So I give them tips, right? And then they go as far as they can go and they don't get the results that they want. Then they go, I need to call so-and-so cause they can help me.
0: Well, it's just like, you and I both know in golf. Most of us don't pay attention to the putting game. But we're also in the where half of our strokes are lost is in putting. So you got to go hire a coach. I mean, you can read all the books on how to grip your club and how to swing and figure out distance and all that. But you don't have a coach. So, I mean, yeah, I guess how many articles have you and I read on how to be a better putter? So I yeah.
1: took lessons before I learned how to, when I was learning how, how, how to play yeah. golf. Yeah. I took I took, I, t- I took lessons. Every now and then, if something goes a little off, I call up the, the guy and I say, Terry, I need to come in. Something's not, not working. My driver is, I can't fix it. I go there, see him, he fixes me up in no time, off on my way, right? So the thing that I tell people all the time is that don't be afraid to hire an expert to get you to the next level because you can't you can't do this by yourself i have a coach right yeah i have a coach i have somebody that i speak to every week about where i'm trying to take my business so everybody who wants to be successful or just go to the next level needs somebody another set of eyes and ears To be a coach to guide them to the next step.
0: Okay, love that, love that. So, that actually ties in, everybody needs a coach. Tell me about EWC consultants. Just give me the overview of that and tell me what that's all about.
1: So, that's that's my company. I'm the founder and and owner of that company. Okay. Um, Everything that we talked about, that's what we actually do.
0: Okay, all right. So here's what I'm going to ask you and I'm not going to let you get off the hook on this one either. Okay? <laughs> what are you doing right now to help leaders? Okay? I want to know the full, I mean, you're doing coaching, are you doing talks or you, you got books out, I don't know. What are you doing right yeah, now to help so, leaders? Yeah,
1: so so the one thing so the first thing I do and and I do this every day is I post something on LinkedIn every day. At least two or three times a day. Okay? That's the first yeah. thing. Wow. If people follow me, they'll get. I I post at least two. I post three at least three times a day, every day, Monday through Sunday. Okay, that's yeah. one way.
0: I can, I, I, can I, interrupt I, you there before we go yes. any deeper. What's yes. your, the return like on that? If you're posting three times a day, I mean that's what fifteen. Or I'm assuming talking about just Monday through Friday, but that's fifteen articles or fifteen posts a day. Yep. Are you doing? Okay, so again, coach me, I'm taking advantage of it. I've been posting, trying to get back to doing three times a week okay. because I'm writing long form articles. Right. Uh, but you're saying I should do more than that. Absolutely. Why?
1: And, and, and let me, t- because LinkedIn is a news feed, okay? Right? It's a reel, right? And so. You may post at, 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 at 8 o'clock. If your folks aren't on there at 8 o'clock, they may miss your post. Right? So and if you write articles, right, I would take those articles and I would break out a paragraph, right, and post a paragraph. Not the whole article. Because see, people are speed reading. They're not going to read that whole article, OK? You want to give them a little little nugget of it, and then at the bottom of that, you can put a link if they want to read the whole article. So that's how I do that. I post little things every day. Not, and see, Glenn, I've been doing this for so long. I have tons of content.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And so that's one way I help leaders. The other way I help leaders is that I do um, quite a number of speaking engagements, workshops, Mm -hmm. seminars to help. Um, I love working with small businesses. I absolutely love it. Um, That's one way I also help. And I do coaching. So I have some clients who have hired me to help them generate more revenue, because it's it's all about revenues. And so that's that's the ways that I help leadership. And the final way that I helped them is that I wrote a book that came out in January, and it's called Bud, Better You, Unique, Desirable, The Sales Process That Gives Results. A lot of things that we talked about in this conversations
0: mm-hmm.
1: are mm-hmm. in the book. So that's how I help
0: is that book Leads. available on Amazon or just on your website? It's, it's,
1: it's on Amazon. It's available on Amazon.
0: What's your website address?
1: My website is tellissalescoach.com.
0: Salescoach.com. Yep. So
1: that, of course, the
0: Yep. Okay. So that will, of course, be in the description. Uh, do you have a uh, business phone number that people can, you, you don't mind leaving?
1: Absolutely. 301 um, 343 0001. They could also find me on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. And uh, your LinkedIn handle is um, Thomas Ellis. Thomas Ellis. Okay, just straight that. So all that will be in the description, ladies and gentlemen, so you can get that. Um, the power of coaching. I mean, we both have coaches. I don't have a coach for golf anymore, but <laughs> I do have my coaches for almost everything else in business. So something for you guys to consider, to really take a look at. Um, Thomas, I got it. Thank you for. Um, you taking the time. I do want to be respectful of your time, though, because I do realize we've already gone over. So here's Don't my matter. final I question got, for I got. You. If
1: if you have anything else you want to talk about, let's let it. Let's roll.
0: Okay, because here it comes. And okay. This is my final plan question. We'll see how it goes. But what questions did I not ask you that I should have asked you? What question did I not ask you that I should have asked you? That is an excellent question. Um,
1: you've asked me all the questions that I could possibly think of. You they need they know about the bud process. We've talked about how people can reach me. We talked about LinkedIn, how to use LinkedIn. We talked about the follow-up process being the the the, the, the secret sauce we talked about and defined the sales process as being easy and simple based on what we talked about. So people can go back and listen and watch this and figure out, hey, you know, this this process is doable. I, I, I can do this by yeah, following well, these e- easy steps.
0: Well, the one question that hit me that I didn't ask and wasn't really planning on it. And you said we have the time, so I'm going to take a little bit of it. Absolutely. Okay. When you're teaching a workshop, okay, and I assume you're not just teaching the, the C-level. I assume you, well, who's the perfect audience to be in the room for your workshop, first off?
1: Anybody that is responsible for generating revenue in their in their business.
0: Okay. So you have um, maybe telesalespeople? people?
1: Yes, sales, no? Sales, inside sales people, outside sales people. Mm-hmm. Sales managers, sales VPs. Um, I do a whole a whole series about with the VPs and managers on, you know, how to be better sales leaders.
0: Okay, all right. So, can you give me just a high high level outline of if you're inside of a business and you had maybe they only have thirty sales sales reps without, you know selling. Uh, no, that's probably too many. Let's say they have 10 sales reps and they have one VP of sales and then one person running marketing. Can you give us a highlight overview of what that workshop looks like?
1: So, first of all, um, there are many I do many types of workshops. Right. So I would sit down with the VP who's running everything and figure out, you know, what is he to, he or she trying to, to accomplish? Right? Because I have various topics, right? One of my topics is, and this has become very, very popular recently, is how to have an awesome first appointment.
0: Uh Ah, okay. Okay. Right. Okay. That's critical, right? That is. How do I
1: have that? Because if you screw up the first appointment, you don't get another appointment. Yeah. So a lot of my work, a lot of I have a program, how to have an awesome first appointment. That that talks about how to I mean from the beginning to the end, you know, and and, and 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 we talk about what is the goal of that appointment. So that's one workshop. Another workshop that is popular is how to use LinkedIn 30 minutes per day. Right? Because most people say, Oh Thomas, I don't have time to do this. And I say, Listen. Give me 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon. I don't care what time you do it, but when we go on LinkedIn, this is what we're going to do. And 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 in that workshop, I talk about what we're going to do in that 30 minutes.
0: Okay. Is that online as well? Or is that just, do you have an online offer that? Or does that- No, I'm good?
1: not, I'm it's not online yet, but I'm working on doing online, will probably be sometime next year. But, but that's another one of my popular courses is that. Now, then I have, if you want the full gamut workshop that talks about, and this is, takes multiple hours, multiple sessions, but I take you through the sales process from the beginning to the end, from prospecting, right, to qualifying, right. To the solution portion of it, to the close, to how to handle stalls and uh, and objections, how to follow up, right? All of that is in a, a, a much deeper, lengthier program. But okay. I can take each segment of that and do them by themselves.
0: So. That made me trip into another question. Okay, what do you see the difference is? If you can tell it, if you see one, maybe you don't, but between marketing and sales.
1: Okay, that is an excellent question. I have uh, many good friends of mine that are marketeers, and marketing is broad. I mean, there's all there's branding, there's all this stuff. But my where the sales and marketing meet is marketing's main function. Is to drive leads for the sales department. Okay, um, to generate leads. Okay, okay. The num—that's their number one function. Okay, and they do that by doing what they do, their ads and they, all that stuff. They, but their job is to feed leads to the salespeople. So when the salespeople are out in the field, the product has recognition, right? people under they know oh yeah I've heard it. oh yeah I've seen it oh yeah right because people don't buy things that they never hear of right you know and, and my 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 biggest example of of that is um Apple and my in, in my opinion Apple has the best marketing organization in the world Why do I say that? Because Samsung, now I used to be in the wireless world, so I'm speaking from experience. Samsung makes a better product than Apple overall, but Apple has the marketing machine. Anytime you can get people to show up at a store two days before you launch the new iPhone, you're doing something there. It's all their marketing.
0: Okay, I agree with that. I mean, I always thought Google was a great well, well, marketing too. yeah. Just yeah. because if you think about it, Google, what, that's not even a word until now. Exactly, exactly. So they marketed to make it a whole But new most
1: people, when Apple. I talk about Apple, they they can identify with that.
0: They, they identify right. with Apple, and I agree with you. Samsung makes a better phone than Apple.
1: Abs, abs, absolutely.
0: Hewitt Packer, none of all those other PC makers make a better desktop and laptop than Apple. Right, and Exactly. But exactly. Apple. So that also says something about, and I'm just gonna spitball this with you, but that says something about what we charge for our services. Are we charging enough? If we charge too much, can we charge too much? I mean, Apple is 10, 15, 20, sometimes up to 30% higher price than um an HP product.
1: Right, because of the the name, right? It's the it's the it's the brand. Right When you become a brand, a household name, where you have people that will stand in line for hours or days to get your product, you can charge anything that you want. They'll pay it.
0: Good. Great, great, <laughs> you know? great, great. But for great. you and
1: I, we'll never reach that, that status.
0: Don't bet on it. <laughs> Don't bet on that one. Right? Don't bet on that one. But I, and, I and think sp- so. Yeah.
1: And, and speaking about pricing, you just brought up a, a point. Most small businesses that I deal with struggle with how to price their process services and they underprice their process services. They don't
0: charge enough and they become a commodity. It. Exactly. No, yeah. So
1: I tell my people, I matter I just had this conversation with one of my clients um who um helped I helped them close a big deal with uh, Facebook, which is now Meta, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about a branding
0: th- mistake right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So when we were going to talk about the services that they were going to offer and the pricing, I said, the price is way too low. Facebook prints money.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. <laughs> I got to say this because it just dawned on me, and I was explaining this to my dad. I just did a three-day workshop for a union, okay, in three days. Now, this was sold by another company, and they asked me to do it, so they paid me to go do it. We severely undercharged them. I severely got underpaid. But now they want me to come back, and they're going to pay my price. They know that. Right. But the thing is, this union had, they printed money. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's printing money or not. Think about it. $30 a month from over 6,000 people? Yes. hmm we don't know. I mean, okay, I don't want to give away any secrets, but he- the healthcare industry, for example, we think healthcare, especially government-funded healthcare, nonprofit government-funded healthcare, we don't think we kind of think that they don't have money. They, they, they yeah, do. Yeah, they do. And
1: see, so, and so. so, and so that goes back to when we talk about early on about understanding who your customer is right yes yes you, you and understanding gotta, the value
0: that you can fit
1: exactly right yeah. because once we understand the customer and once once we understand the value that we bring and how they value that that then you price accordingly to that market right so and and you know we I work with a lot of companies, small companies that struggle with the pricing model. And I and the thing that I used to, I I tell them up front, well, whatever price you think it is, double it. You know? Okay. Well, because we're, they're going to underprice it.
0: Well, and the thing is, though, you have a fear. You double it, you're not going to get the business. But I only, oh. have to, only have to do a third of the same business, and I make more than you do. So exactly, gonna, so. Okay. right? But you've taught us a lot today. You taught well, us thank a lot, you, sir. Um, I want to give you the last word, but I gotta let everybody know that you're gonna need. to We're gonna break this down in little pieces, and you'll find it on our YouTube channels between the two of us. Um, but you also find it, you know, where you are listening to it right on the podcast. Don't be afraid, ladies and gentlemen, to go out and do the things necessary. Find the right coaches end this broadcast, I'm going to set up a quick appointment with uh, uh, Thomas once again, do something else. So don't be afraid to set up with coaches. Let's just get after it. But Thomas, what's your last words? And we'll end with your last words. So
1: my last words are, for, first for Glenn, thank you for meeting me on, on LinkedIn and thinking enough of me that I could have value to your audience. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by that. For the people that are going to be watching this podcast, I want to say to you that you can get to where you need to get to, but you have to have the right tools to get you there, right? If there's water, i just use this as a example. If there's a river and there's no bridge, you need a boat to get to the other side. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay, you can't use a car because there's only no to get there. So just be conscious of where you want to, and, and, and this is coming into the end of 2022. Now is a great time to start thinking about what do you want to do in 2023? Me personally, I've already started that process of putting things in place that I want to do next year. Let's think about where you are now. What is it going to take to get you to where you need to get to? And let's have conversations with those people that can help you get there. And I will leave you at that. Thank you. God bless. And may you all have a successful end of 22 and uh Best year in 2023. Thank you, Glenn.
0: Thank you.